And ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses, the Lord said unto me, in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the world. Today I'm teaching on the anointing because I want God to use you. I really mean that. I want the Lord to anoint you and to bless your life with his power. Now let's pray. Wonderful Lord, I thank you for your word. Bless your people today with this wonderful teaching and manifest your power through them. I give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor. And God's wonderful people said, Amen and Amen. I began talking about the anointing yesterday. And I said, and I want to say it again. Before God will anoint you and use you, you must get to know the Holy Spirit. Because if people seek only the power they end up in fanaticism. If they seek the Lord, God now begins to bless them and use them properly. So when people seek the power, they want to use it or use the Lord who gives it. But when they seek the Lord, they're saying, Lord, use me. So it's all about Jesus. It's all about knowing him through his blessed Holy Spirit, who is a person, who is a person. Now, when that anointing comes upon you, and there's a big difference between upon you and in you. Jesus said to his apostles and to us that the Holy Spirit would abide in us forever. Well, that is not exactly what I mean by the anointing upon you. The one upon you is for service. The one in you is for living. One causes you to be, and one causes you to do. See? So when the presence of God comes in, which I call the inner anointing, when the presence of God comes into your life, that presence changes you, transforms you from within into the image of the Lord. But as we are faithful to God, he will eventually anoint us for service. But he anoints us reluctantly. Why? Because that anointing that comes upon an individual is a gift. It's possible for the Lord to live a life. If they live in sin, if they walk away from God, eventually the Lord will walk away from them. And the Lord doesn't do that easily, believe me. Uh, he is very patient with all of us, more patient than you'll ever realize. But that's not also the reason to use him and to grieve him, knowing he's patient. Because if we love him, we will not hurt him and grieve him. If we love him, we will not sin against him. Now, the Bible is clear that the Lord can depart. Like Samson did not know the Lord departed, you know. I've always said the Lord will always announce his arrival. He'll never announce his departures. So Samson wished not, wished not, that the Lord had departed. But the anointing doesn't leave. The anointing upon someone, not within, but upon someone is permanent. It's a gift. The Lord will not take that anointing away. The Lord will simply take the person away. They will actually die before that time. 
And that's what's really happened to so many already. So the anointing upon you, which God gives reluctantly because he knows that you can mess up. And, and the, I, I think the most dangerous words spoken about the anointing were spoken by Samuel to Saul. When he said, and the spirit of the Lord will come upon you and you'll become another man and do as occasion serves you. Now these words of do as occasion serve you uh, is, uh, is quite uh, dangerous because what it's really saying is you're in charge. So let's read it together. First Samuel 10, 6 and 7. And the spirit of the Lord will come upon thee and thou shalt prophesy with them and shall be turned into another into another man. Wonderful news. So the anointing changes you, you the way you, you behave now, the way you talk, the way you minister becomes powerful. But it says, and let it be, verse 7, and let it be when these signs are come unto thee, that thou do as occasion serve thee. Wow. Now, occasion serves the mean you can do whatever you want with it. That's why people play with the anointing. People use the anointing to harm others. People use it to make merchandise of it. All that. Years ago when I was young in the 70s, I was preaching at a big school, uh, Pentecostal school. As actually, Assemblies of God school in Minnesota. Uh, a precious man walked over to me after I had taught at chapel. And the young people were there. There were many of them in that school. And he comes up to me while we were eating in the cafeteria with many of the leaders I was eating. And he said, young man, it is very evident that God's hand is upon you. He said, you may not know who I am or even remember my name. And he said, but I'm here to tell you, never make merchandise of the anointing God has placed on your life. And he walked away. I've never forgotten that. It was a warning from heaven, you know. And, and I've really taken heed to that because I treasure that wonderful advice, even to this day. But the anointing is feelable. The anointing is knowable. The anointing is touchable. It's, it's, it's power you literally know. You literally feel. You can touch it. And, and what is so amazing is, you know, we cannot feel the presence of God within us. People say, well, I feel Jesus. No, you can't feel Jesus. You know Jesus. You can't feel Jesus. You feel his power on you. That's the difference. But I know I know what people mean when, when they say, I feel Jesus. Okay, you can say it. It's not biblical. You can feel his power, but you only know him. People have used words like, I sense the Lord. I sense the Lord. That's probably a better way to say it than I feel the Lord. So we know the Lord. It's more... His presence is more tangible than our feelings can ever make him to be. His presence is substance. His presence is life. It's like, you know, I cannot say I feel me. I know me. I don't feel me. Or I feel my mother. I feel my dad. Or I feel my friend. No, no, no. I know them. I know them. And you know yourself. You know your family. You know your friends. And we know the Lord in a way, in a deeper way, than we can know anyone. See? And he's more real to us. Now, the anointing, though, is felt. The, uh, the, the anointing comes with emotions. When the presence of God comes, it stills you. When the anointing comes, it stirs you. It stirs you. So think about 
when the presence of the Lord becomes real to you, tears become your language. You start crying, you become very quiet. But when the anointing comes, you, you get loud, you get demonstrative. Why? Because that's what the, what, the, what the anointing does. It's for demonstrations. It's for signs and wonders and demonstrations. So, but where do we find it? Where do we find the anointing? In the presence of the Lord. You cannot find it outside God's presence. Habakkuk 3 is a powerful verse that God showed me years ago as I was reading the word. It says, and his brightness was as the light. He had horns or authority coming out of his hand. And there was the hiding of his power. There's a moment when you are worshiping the Lord in the presence of the Lord or reading the word where Jesus becomes so real to you at that moment, if you surrender, he releases power on you. And this is what I mean by siphoning the anointing. In Deuteronomy 32, 13, it talks about Jacob who siphoned the oil out of the rock. Well, how do we siphon? We siphon by surrender. We siphon by yielding to the Lord. But you cannot yield to someone who's not real. Wait till Jesus becomes real in worship or in prayer, or especially through his word when you read it. And when Jesus is real, you surrender to him. You can't surrender to nothing. You surrender to a person. And when you surrender, now you've waited on the Lord, you see. You've waited upon the Lord in prayer, in adoration, in worship, and so on. And now you're waiting upon him even as you're reading the word. And the minute he becomes real, yield to him, surrender to him. I remember watching a man years ago, uh, a minister in a stadium. And he began to worship the Lord. And you can sense the Lord's presence moving. You can see people's lives being touched and changed. And now the, the power of God, you can, you, you can feel it in the, in the atmosphere. But he, he never surrendered to it on that platform. He, he, he did not know how. And he just said, good night. And the best part of the service was the last part. He preached for, I think, four hours. People were falling asleep. He took one of the longest offerings I'll ever remember you know, people taking. Half his people left a stadium full, half of it, by, by 11 p.m., they were all gone. And only half remained. And at the end, he starts praising and worshiping. And then, ah, the Lord shows up, and he says, good night. He didn't even surrender to it. He didn't know how. So you see, when the, when the Lord becomes real, surrender, Signs and wonders will always happen. Now, so it says here, there is the hiding of his power. And at that moment, we need to siphon the anointing. Now, back years ago when I was a little boy in Jaffa, we didn't have gas stations. So we would buy gas at the store, at the store. They didn't have many gas stations in Israel in those days. So if you had a car, you had a, a what we call the Vespa or a moped, You'd have to go to a store and actually buy the gas and then take it in this container and pour it in the tank. But the only way to do it is to take a hose and put the hose in the container and do this, siphon, and then it starts flowing after you spit because it gets in your taste also. And I used to do that when I was a little boy. But the thing is, that's how the anointing works. We siphon it in the presence of God. 
because it, it, it says in Deuteronomy 32, 13, he made him ride upon the high places of the earth, and there he was fed with the best honey and with oil, and there he siphoned the oil and the siphoned the honey out of the rock. Well, that's what happens in worship. In worship, God takes us to the high places, and that's where the word of God becomes rich and real, like honey, okay? The best wheat, and then we can receive the anointing in the high places where the presence of God is real. Now, that anointing, precious people, also multiplies. Not only is it given, it actually multiplies. How does it multiply? Well, through prayer. The Bible says, so prayer brings it and prayer multiplies it. So in, in, the, uh, in the Word of God, in Acts, let's go to, book, to the book of Acts, and yes, I'm going to pray for you, and yes, you're going to feel something on your hands today, many of you, when I pray, and that will show you God wants to use you. I often feel uh, like a numbness on my, on, on my hands, sometimes when I'm you know, alone in prayer. That is just the sign the power of God is there, simple, okay, that God will use you, and that is precious. And it says that when they had prayed, the place, let me just go back. I want to read Acts 4. And I'm going to read verse 31, 32. When they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. They were filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart, one soul. Neither said any of them that aught of the things which he possessed was his own. But they had all things common with great power gave the apostles witness. Now, they went from power to great power in verse 33. So it multiplied. So it says in Acts 2 that they received the power of God. Now, it's great power of God. It went from great to, uh, sorry, it went from, you know, power to great power because they prayed. And the minute people pray and continue to pray, there will be a, a multiplication. And the, and the anointing is also multiplied through the word of God. I love the portion in Job. Let's go go with me to Job 29. Listen, the Lord's going to use many of you. The Lord is going to use you to bring healing and blessings and deliverance to multitudes. Receive that. I'm talking to somebody. Receive that as God's promise to you, okay? So it says in Job 29, 6, when I washed my steps with butter. What does it mean? It means when I walk in the depth of the Word of God, when I go into its depth, when I washed my steps with butter, means you go deeper than just information. You see, the Bible has seven levels, and most Christians have, haven't gone even to the second. The, the first level is information. The second is God's plan for your life. And the third is Jesus in the Old Covenant. And the fourth is Jesus literally in the names of the righteous, and so much more. So I'm not going to get into that now, but I can tell you, even rabbis have, have said there are seven levels to the Bible. But you're looking for the Lord. You're looking for the Lord. So when we get deep and we get to the third level, it flows. It just, it, I did not begin to see the part of God flowing in, in, on my life till I began to see Jesus in the Old Testament. It was Catherine Kuhlman back in the 70s, I heard her say, 
that the Bible is a revelation of one person, Jesus. It's not about history or poetry or prophecy. It's about the Lord, simple, the Lord. And I began looking for the Lord. My son-in-law, Michael, asked me years ago, he said, what is the key here? I said, look for the seed in the word. I said, if you look for the seed, you'll understand the Bible. And the seed is Jesus, quite simple. Hallelujah. So that's what it, it means by butter. Go down, go deep. And then the rock, the Lord himself, will pour you out rivers of oil. And this is where the siphoning begins. That's Deuteronomy 32, 13. But number three, the anointing multiplies by association. You know, it says in the book of Acts chapter 4 and verse 13. Let's look at that. 4.13 says something quite powerful. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. You see how association changed them? They were with the Lord and now they're as bold, they're as anointed as, as, as the Lord himself. So David, King David, remember that when he fled from Saul, it says that the people that joined him were, were all in trouble and in debt. And everyone that was in distress, 1 Samuel 22, verse 2, and everyone that was in distress and in debt and everyone that, does, that was discontented gathered themselves unto him and, and, and he became the captain over them. He had 400 people in trouble who were all distressed, in debt, weren't happy and said discontented. And that word discontented, by the way, means bitter of soul. Imagine that. 400 people angry with, with the world. Those same people in, in 1 Samuel 23 and verse 8 became mighty men. Why? Association. Association. So in verse 8, it says, that, uh, sorry, in 18, verse 18, in 2 Samuel, let's go, let's go, 2 Samuel, not 1 Samuel. In 2 Samuel 23 and verse 8 and 18, it says, these be the names of the mighty men whom David had. Well, they, at, at, when they came in, in 1 Samuel 22, they were, they, they were defeated. Now they're all mighty men. And you read in verse 18 and verse 22 how mighty they became. And verse 18 says, all because of association. It says, and Abishai, the brother of Joab, the son of Zeruiah, of Zeruiah, was chief among three, and he lifted up his spear against 300 and slew them. Imagine one man killing that many people of the enemies. And verse 20 talks about uh, Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, the, the son of a valiant man who'd done many acts. He, he slew two lion-like men of Moab. Wow. He went down into a pit and slew a lion in the middle of the, of, the, of the snow in the winter with his own hands. These people who were defeated are now mighty by association. The anointing comes through prayer, through the word and association. The right association, not the, not the wrong association. You know that one thing that really weakens it is when people talk about devils. When people talk about the demonic, it weakens the anointing, and I've seen that happen. So talking about Satan doesn't help anyone who really wants, wants the anointing. Look what it says in Ecclesiastes, chapter 10, 
verse 1. It says, dead flies cause the ointment to send forth a stinking savor. <laughs> dead flies cause the ointment. So this talks about demons. To send forth a stinking savor. So when people talk about demons, it weakens their anointing. And I'm here warning you, keep your eyes on Jesus. Always talk about Jesus. Always exalt him. Worship intensifies it. In, in 2 Kings 3.15, it says, when the minstrel played, Elisha was moved by the power of God. And also by constraining the Lord. The anointing comes when we know how to urge the Lord to stay. It multiplies when we urge the Lord to stay. Remember in, in, in Luke 24 and verse 28 through 31, it talks about how Cleopas and an unnamed disciple were walking on the road to Emmaus and the Lord joined them. And then he made it as though he wanted to keep going. And it says they constrained him. And by constraining him, their eyes were opened. And mighty things happened through them later. God wants to use you. Learn how to receive the anointing. It says, let your garments be always white. Ecclesiastes 9.8. Live a clean life and let your head lack no ointment. Ruth said, remember, Naomi, I should say, said, said to Ruth, she said, wash you and anoint thee. You can't be anointed till you're clean. Wash thee and anoint thee. And, and anoint thee. That's in the book of Ruth, you know, chapter 3. So get your life cleaned up. Get your life all in order. And God will anoint you as you walk with him. And then never lack the anointing. Ask him for the anointing. Yes, of course you do. Ask him to use you and to anoint you. And that anointing can be transferred. When God begins to use people, they can transfer the anointing by the laying on of hands. Think about the anointing being transferred through the bones of Elisha or transferred through, through the hands of the apostles, Acts 19, 11, or, or, or transferred through the, 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 the clothing of the Lord when a woman touched the hem of his garment, or through the shadow of Peter in Acts 5, 15, or even a, a piece of wood, a staff in 2 Kings 4. So God's going to use you. Come on, let's pray. Dearest, wonderful Jesus, I come in faith. Oh, hallelujah. I'm telling you, something glorious is happening. And I want you right now to lift your hands and to receive. Lord, I give you praise. Anoint them, Lord. Anoint them, Lord. Anoint every one of them. Marakunta Just love him right now for a moment. Love him. Lord, I give you the praise. I give you all the glory. I give you all the honor. Lord, even now, touch every one of them. Touch every one of them for your glorious and awesome namesake. Thank you, Lord.
Mantu, mantu, kalbar alfa, pialba, pialba, kanta. Holy Spirit, touch them, anoint them. In Jesus' precious name, ask Him now to anoint you. Ask Him now to anoint you. Ask Him now to touch your life and use you in glorious way. Lord, thank you. In Jesus' name. Here it is. There it is. The second the song began, I began sensing it on my hands. Now you're sensing it on your hands. Lord, anoint them and use them in these last days. Be empowered, saint of God. Be empowered, servant of the Lord. Be empowered now in Jesus' name. Lord, use them. Magnify yourself through them. Magnify your holy name in their life. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Some of you are feeling that anointing on both of your hands. I am. And Lord, use them to bring your healing virtue and healing power to others. Use them, Lord, to bring help and deliverance to others. In Jesus' glorious name. Fill many of them right now, Lord, who need the Holy Spirit. Be filled now with the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Somebody's being healed. Somebody's being healed now of arthritis in your, in your right shoulder. There's, there's, there's healings happening. Lord, heal your people. Manifest your power and glory. In Jesus' name. Just receive from the Lord right now. I, I, I wasn't expecting this like this. But receive now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bless his wonderful name. Bless his holy name. Precious Jesus, we worship you. Precious Jesus, we adore you and exalt your holy name. Someone's right eye just been healed. A neck injury has been healed. The skin condition is being healed. Thank you, Lord. Someone injured your leg. You fell a few days ago. I see a lady being healed. Bless your people, Lord, and use them in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Yeah, I know you want me to go on, I know. But you know, I can only do so much on these dailies. Now it's time to thank him that he is going to use you and magnify his life through you. I'm telling you people, I just began feeling that really, really strong on my, on my hands the minute. The song came on, Holy Spirit, thou art welcome. Thank you for being with me today. Thank you for being my wonderful friend, my wonderful partner and family. And now let's love the Lord by giving to his work. Let's honor him. Let's honor him. Honor the Lord with your substance and the first fruits of all your increase. 
so shall your barns be filled with plenty and your precious burst out with new wine. I believe we're about to see one of the greatest moves of God upon our young people. The youth of America and the, and the world are coming on fire. I'm seeing it over and over and over throughout the world and in my children's ministry. Jesus' image. What a tremendous anointing I see with those amazing young people that are at at the school and at the church. I was just there on Sunday. Oh, it was electric. It was electric in that building. Many of the young people were so touched, so blessed by the power of God. So help me keep doing this. Will you help me tell them? Help me minister to them. These young people that that are capturing the, the, the hearts of all of us, the hearts of all of us are being captured by what, what God is doing with them. So let's give so the Lord can minister through them and, and bring millions into the kingdom. All right, you can sow your seed right now on the platform you're watching me on. You can go to our website, benihin.org, or you can simply text BHM45777. Giving is living. When you give, you live. And Lord, I pray, bring that one out of debt and keep them out of debt as they sow seed in your work today. And let them live in abundance, no lack, in Jesus' wonderful and glorious name. Amen and amen. And I'll see you again tomorrow for another wonderful day. Much love to you. And remember, our conference is coming up in Dallas, October 6th and 7th. I want to see you there. Our far conference. I want to see you there. Bye-bye. Benny Hen Ministries has stayed on the cutting edge for the past five decades. The Lord made it clear that keeping and storing all archives and resources should be a top priority. Thus far, we've rescued and digitized 10,500 of the 13,437 tapes from the past half century. Pastor Benny's legacy, life's work, calling, and anointing will be preserved for generations yet to come. Nearly 50 years ago, this great adventure known as Benny Han Ministries began with one voice. Today, that one voice continues to be amplified over and over through every possible means. What happens next will be the greatest blessing of all. Isn't it wonderful what the Lord has done? And to Jesus be all the glory. I wanted to show you this beautiful report about the digitizing of thousands and thousands of hours already of the great meetings from the past. Because we want to keep them for our children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. So we need your help still. So thank you, thank you. I just wanted to show you that your money is doing the job. What you gave in the past is really making it happen. But let's keep doing it for the Lord, please. This is for His glory. Because now it can go to every nation on earth, in every language on earth, because of your help. All right, you can give right now on the platform. You're watching me on. You can go to our website, benihin.org, or you can simply text BHM45777. So thank you for loving. Thank you for giving. And let's keep glorifying our wonderful Savior. Much love to you. Thanks again.